Hello all. Thank you for tuning in to the second episode of the Rockets Red Glare podcast. Last episode, we discussed the coronavirus pandemic. So a quick update on that. We are now up to 277,205 cases. There are also about 6,500 deaths. Still, some governors haven't issued stay-at-home orders for their states. These states are Arkansas, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Utah, and Wyoming. Also, I want to comment on a CNN article uh, that I saw. They made sure to put in the headline that all of these governors are Republicans. And listen, that is 100% correct. Uh, The action regarding COVID-19 is not strictly down party lines, though. While it seems Republicans are much more likely to be reluctant to issue stay-at-home orders, as we've seen, not all Republicans are following suit. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine, who is a Republican, was one of the governors who was quickest to act when this started. Okay, I, I just want to stress, again, this is not strictly something partisan. Yes, all those governors were Republican, but again, there are plenty who are also on that side uh, who are not reluctant to act and, you know, who are taking the necessary steps. You know, I, I just want to comment on that. However, we're now going to begin with the main topic of the show, which is the legalization of medical and recreational marijuana. There are currently 33 states, along with the District of Columbia, that have legalized medical marijuana use. There are also 13 more states that have restricted medical marijuana use, bringing the total down to 46. Okay, so 33 states that have full medical marijuana use, and then 13 more that have restricted use. So it's there, but there's more restrictions on it. Okay, and I want to make this clear. While the debate for recreational legalization is not cut and dry, medical legalization is. Medical marijuana can be used to treat uh, treat arthritis, fibromyalgia, endometriosis, severe migraines, Crohn's disease, irritable bowel syndrome, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, anxiety, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, Parkinson's disease, PTSD, Tourette's, and insomnia. Okay, it treats all those. The CBD and THC oils work miracles for many with these diseases. Okay, I this summer I was at Delaware's Legislative Hall in Dover where this little girl gave this moving speech about how CBD oil aids her chronic pain. In a showing of bipartisan support, many senators not only came together to legalize the use of CBD oil for medical purposes in Delaware, but also uh, many on both sides uh, co-sponsored the bill that would legalize this. You know, they all came together for it. You know, I find the opposition to legalizing medical marijuana on national level to be ridiculous. The immense benefits it has should not only be given to people if they uh, should not only be given to people if they happen to live in a state who understands how helpful the medical cannabis is. It should be a treatment for people um, that every medical professional can, in America can give out. Okay, it should be allowed for every doctor to give it to a patient if they feel it's necessary. Okay, however, the debate for recreational marijuana uh, legalization is a much fiercer one. Okay, polling will show that recreational marijuana's legalization is not simply a Republican or Democrat issue either. In fact, the Pew Research Center shows 78% of Democrats support recreational legalization, along with 55% of Republicans who do as well. So a majority on both sides support recreational use. However, there is a strong majority and strong argument on their side. Okay. Uh, To begin... I'm going to run down six of the main arguments for legalization. Afterwards, I'm going to run down six arguments against legalization, but I want to start with the ones for it. Number one, marijuana legalization boosts the economy. 
Estimates show that recreational and medical legalization could bring in $24 billion by 2025. Colorado, for example, saw an increase from $78 million to $129 million to $220 million in revenue in the first three years. This shows that a revenue for a national uh, legalization would bring in boatloads of money. Remember, that $24 million estimate is just for the 11 states who have recreational use legalized. But if it's on a national level, imagine if all those 50 states had it in. Imagine the, the amount of money it would bring in. And number two, some studies show that legalization creates a decrease in teen marijuana use. The CDC has found that use for teens between 12 and 17 went down from 15.8% to 13.1% in 2014. So the percentage of teen use went down. They went from 158 to 13.1%. Okay. Now, number three, traffic deaths went down 11% on average where marijuana was legalized medically. Okay, so, so again, this is where it was legalized medically in those 36 states. And in places like Colorado and Washington, where they have it recreational as well, DUIs went down. Number four, legalizing it recreationally ensures that consumers' uh, weed, the weed that they're consuming, um, don't have any harmful substances within them. You know, if it's legalized on a national level, there's going to be people who are going to be checking it. They're going to make sure there's no mold or harmful substances there. So, you know, any complications due to someone's marijuana being laced with something goes down because there's going to be clear standards set on it um, that these states and that the federal government's going to have to maintain. So the number of cases where these substances are in there, where it's causing issues for people, it's going to drop. Now, number five, when... Recreational marijuana is legalized, it hurts cartels. Marijuana seizures are at the lowest in decades at the border. So the amount of uh, marijuana being taken away, the amount of people who are trying to bring it in, is at its lowest uh, in decades. Plus, cartels lost an estimate of $2.7 billion in profits when Colorado and Washington legalized it. Cartels are, you know, one of the biggest issues south of the border, and they're also coming into the United States. Well, legalizing this recreationally is clearly hurting them. All right, so now number six. Legalizing recreational marijuana will lower the disproportionate numbers of arrests for African Americans. Okay? A black person is 3.73 times more likely to be arrested for marijuana charges than a white person. Okay? In some states, the number drops up to eight times more likely. So in some states, black people are eight times more likely to be arrested for marijuana charges than a white person. Okay, the percentage of those arrested uh, who are you know who are arrested because of these marijuana charges is, for black people and Latinos is forty six point nine percent, even though they make up only thirty two percent of the population. So the numbers uh, of disproportion the disproportionate numbers for these people is much higher, even though they make up a lower percentage of the population. So, to move on, we're now going to talk about the other side of the argument, okay? The, the six main points for that side of the argument. And something I want everyone to be aware of, some of the data is contradictory, okay, on their side. Depending on where you look and who's looking at the data, it isn't always the same. Don't only look at the headlines. Look deep into the data to see where everything is. But now we're going to move on to the six arguments against recreational marijuana use. Number one, marijuana legalization will create huge costs for society. If it's legalized, it will cost communities to have to pay for more emergency room visits, medical care, and uh, more DUI accidents. Number two, 
legalizing recreational use will increase use by teens. 16.21% of teens in Colorado and 18.86% of teens in Alaska say they smoke weed. The national average is 12.29%. So the states where it's legalized recreational result in more use by teens. Number three, traffic uh, accidents and deaths increase with marijuana legalization. Marijuana-related traffic deaths rose by 62% when Colorado legalized it. These deaths also doubled in Washington when they legalized it recreationally. And number four, use of marijuana creates a dependency on the drug. When heavy users stop smoking, they experience insomnia, depression, anxiety, nausea, uh, chills, and stomach pains. So if you legalize it recreationally, there's going to be more dependency, which will lead to more of these issues regarding withdrawal when someone tries to stop. Number five, the number of medical emergencies skyrockets. In Colorado, emergency room visits due to weed went up 30%. Hospitalizations went up 200%. And number six, marijuana use harms the brain and creates mental health issues. Legalization will only create more of this. Okay, so 22% of marijuana users experience anxiety and panic attacks. Another 15% uh, of marijuana users had psychotic symptoms after use. So, remember, those are just arguments uh, shown by both sides, but I'm, I'm going to move into what I believe. So, do I support legalization recreationally? I do. Uh, I do support the legalization of recreational marijuana on a national level, and I'll tell you why. Listen, uh, first, the 16% of teens using weed in Colorado and the 18% in Alaska, that wasn't an increase, okay? Remember, they said that, you know, 16% of teens in Colorado, 80% of teens in Alaska are using marijuana, uh, and that's where it's legalized recreationally. Well, that wasn't an increase, okay? Even before legalization, it were those percentages. Okay, there, there wasn't an increase when it was legalized. The CDC shows Legalization lowers teen uses on average. And now another point. Crimes involving alcohol are 10 times more likely to occur than crimes involving weed. I find it ridiculous that we are having something more dangerous legalized instead of a plant who can actually benefit people medically. Okay, and here's my final point. A lot of advocacy against marijuana is done by companies who will lose profit due to a safer alternative being legalized. One of the lead anti-legalization doctors was Dr. Herbert Clever. He was quoted on NPR, CNBC, and he wrote pieces for CBS. He passed away in 2018, but one of his biggest actions was that he was very firm against marijuana being legalized recreationally. He would go around the country telling people, you know, statistics as to why it shouldn't. So, was his concern for legalization solely based on his own research? Nope. He was getting paid by pharmaceutical companies like Purdue. Purdue is afraid of losing profit on Oxycontin, you know, which is a pain medication, because there's a safer and more effective drug in marijuana. If marijuana is legalized, not just medically, but recreationally, it could lower their profits. This anti-legalization doctor, Dr. Kleber, uh, was also getting paid by other pharmaceutical companies to say these things. So one of the lead doctors who was supposed to be going against the legalization of marijuana was getting paid to do it. He was in the pocket of these pharmaceutical companies. He was doing it solely based off of profit. Do you think he'd be going around the country, you know, telling people all these facts, telling people why it shouldn't happen if he wasn't getting paid? 
He wasn't even getting paid by people who are concerned for society's, you know, health. He was getting paid by people who are concerned about their profit. He wasn't getting paid by people who are concerned about, you know, the society's well-being. He was getting paid by people who are going to lose a profit if it's legalized medically and recreationally. I, I find that ridiculous. This guy's going around, you know, using these statistics where he's, you know, cherry-picking them. He, he never brings up any statistics to show first support. He only shows the negative ones. He's going around the country telling people about this, not because he cares. It's because he's getting paid more. It, it's ridiculous. So listen, the economic, medical, and societal benefits for legalization are clear. Just look at the data. I'm in full support of it, and the majority of Americans are too. And, and honestly, I hope you are too. So now we're going to move on to some user-submitted questions. I got a lot of questions submitted this week um, that, again, I don't feel I can fully dive into uh, and you know give them the justice they deserve. Again, they're going to be moved to another episode to where I can go in more depth for them. But we did get some that I'll be able to uh, discuss in the time limits that I have for this episode. So the first one is submitted by Chris Sarwinski, and he wanted me to discuss the stock market. So, if you didn't know, the coronavirus recently caused the Dow to drop 2,000 points, along with the S&P to drop more than 7%. So, the Dow, along with the S&P, are reflections of the nation's economy. Okay, they reflect how some of the nation's largest corporations are doing. The Dow shows 30 corporations and how they're doing the stock market. The stock market, went when coronavirus hit, had performances even worse than Black Monday, which is still seen as one of the most horrendous days, not only for the stock market, but for the economy in general. While we have seemed to partially recover from the effects of COVID-19 on the stock market, uh, there are more issues on the horizon. Russia and Saudi Arabia are currently in gridlock with serious tensions regarding oil use. If they are to get worse, we could see not only American oil industries take a hit, but global industries take a serious one as well. Uh, while it hasn't taken full effect yet, it's something to keep your eyes on. So again, stock market took a hit because of the coronavirus, but did recover. But now with the tensions between Russia and Saudi Arabia and oil, we could see another hit. So basically, Saudi Arabia is, you know, they're, they're not really negotiating with Russia to the point that Russia wants. You know, Saudi Arabia is taking a firm stand uh, for their oil benefit. And again, that could cause a serious effects uh, on the stock market. So the next is submitted by Lucas Acevedo, and he wanted me to talk about porn industry and the sex work. Uh, okay. So again, uh, this will probably be uh, something for another episode, but I can give, give a few of the points. So I, I assume this is in regards to, like, do I think it should be illegal? And of course not. Uh, I don't think, you know, the porn, porn industry uh, should be illegal. And then for sex work, because of people now using escort services, you know, to where it's more disguised as like a date, uh, sex work has been, you know, not legalized, but they found a loophole around it. And the one thing about legalizing sex work is I know it's a serious moral issue for people, and I couldn't understand that, but there's a lot of concerns for a lot of the sex workers doing it in terms of their health, you know, and people feel that if it's legalized, it means that, you know, there'll be more. You know, restrictions, you know, there'll be more health benefits and people will be better taken care of. Um, and again, that, that's more of like a moral thing. You know, that, it's not really statistically. Um, I, I can go in more in depth into not only my opinion, but uh, other things in regards to that on a different episode. But for now, that's where I'm going to leave it. And then the next question was by Elias Ansa, and he wanted me to argue the opposite side in abortion. And I'm going to be quite frank. I can't. I can't. Um, 
the other side for abortion is based mostly off of people's moral code. Okay. Um, a lot of people thinking that, you know, once a woman's impregnated, that's a human, you're taking away a human's life. I disagree. I am very firmly pro-choice. When in like, you know, about the first trimester, it's being removed. It's not a human again. And also abortion 100% needs to be there because if the mother's life is in danger, why should, why should she have to die? You know, if there's something to where she can live and still produce more children, more lives, why is it that, you know, she is not to do this? And again, <laughs> main point, why is it we're telling women what to do with their bodies? If it's your body, why am I telling you what to do with it? If it's your body, it's your choice. If you don't want to have a kid, it's not my right to tell you you can't. It's not anyone's right to tell you you can't. If you don't want to have that kid, plain and simple, you shouldn't have to have that kid. And then people are like, oh, well, you know, they can just give birth to the kid and you know, then they can put up for adoption. Well, a few things. One, uh, you want a woman to have to be forced to go through nine months and then labor to, uh, to get the baby out and then they have to give up for adoption. So basically, they have to sacrifice nine months of their life, put work on hold, put the career on hold, possibly uh, put their family on hold if they already have children, so they can produce this kid and then get rid of it. Okay, and then get rid of it. And again, the hormone levels and attachment well, when you have a kid, it's it's just scientific. It's going to be very hard for them to do that. P people aren't actually like, oh yeah, just give it for a, a uh, adoption. They just think that by the time you have the kid, you're going to want to keep it. And another thing, what I find absolutely ridiculous you know, for the other side, they say, oh, yeah, just put the kid up for adoption. But then when the kid's born, when the kid's uh, in, in those centers, when the kid is with a foster family, they don't care anymore. <laughs> they don't take the steps necessary to take care of these kids. They'll say, oh, yeah, no, just put them up for adoption. We'll have a great life. But then they won't take the steps necessary. If you go and look at, at our system for, you know, for orphans and our foster care system, it's in shambles. Kids' lives are being ruined by it because people refuse to take the action necessary. So now you're going to say, oh, just put the kid up for adoption. It's the correct moral thing to do. Oh, but taking care of that kid? Making sure they have a good life? Oh, my moral compass isn't going to put me in one way to take care of them. No, 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 no. You just need to have the kid because, you know, it, it's for a moral reason. Oh, but then afterwards, I'm not going to do anything because I'm fine with you having a kid. You having to go through nine months. Your body had to be put through this. But then when the kid's produced, the, the kid that I'm telling you you need to take care of, when you put it up for adoption, oh, I'm not going to take care of them. Sorry. Sorry, my moral compass is only pushing me in one way. Yeah, have the kid, but I'm not going to help him afterwards. That's ridiculous. <laughs> the other side, the, the pro-life side for abortion is ridiculous. They, they contradict themselves, and they try to use these points, but then when it goes beyond abortion, goes to the child's care, they don't care anymore. Okay? And again, <laughs> brings up again, why are you telling a woman what to do with her body? It is not your body. You know... A, a guy or girl wants to get, you know, their, their tubes tied. They don't have any kids anymore. I don't want someone to tell me what I'm doing with my body. You know, if I want to, you know, get the snip snips, I don't have kids anymore. I don't want anyone telling me what to do with my body. But I'm going to tell this woman, oh, by the way, you're going to have to go through nine months of changes with this kid to your body. It's ridiculous. I, again, I find the other side, the pro-life side for abortion, absolutely ridiculous. Their arguments purely based on a moral standpoint, 
that doesn't even follow through, okay? And again, it's not a human. You're not taking away a human's life when, uh, when it's removed in the first trimester and partially through the second trimester. It's chemicals. It's not a human. You're not taking away a human's life. It's ridiculous to me. But I digress. So that was the second episode of the Rockets Regular Podcast. I really appreciate all of you tuning in. Uh, and I hope you make sure to keep your eyes out for next week's episode. I don't know what I'll be talking about yet, but I'll probably take some suggestions and then I'll find something. Uh, but again, just make sure to look out uh, for next week's episode. And again, thank you for tuning in for this week's.